another great day. Welcome, everybody. This is Jonathan Thomas. I'm Joey Walter. And this is The Ground Beneath Grace. And we are back at it. Hey, I just want to say we've had, <laughs> obviously, Aaron and Miriam listening. But I just want to let you know, Joey, Rebecca told me that she's been listening to our podcast. Hey, Rebecca. That's awesome. Okay, that's, that's three. Great. Yep, three. Okay, so. It's taken a year to get to three. <laughs> Here's the deal, though. Um, you got to get your family to start listening to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, so that was kind of like the book, you know, without uh, uh, sales to family members, uh, the book, I think, would have been in single digits. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to start somewhere. And eventually, I, I guess I think of it this way. There'll be um, uh, long after I'm gone, there'll be something for my great, great grandchildren to say. This was my family. <laughs> I'm related to that. So um, what can I say? Um, okay. So it's great to uh, get together. It is actually a Saturday afternoon and uh, we're still all the way across the country from one another. Tallahassee. How's the weather there? Uh, it's good. Today was a beautiful day. Um, Do you have a sunburn? Yeah. No, I don't think okay. so. Okay. Probably just nerves. My <laughs> <laughs> um, allergies have been acting kind of strange this week. No, uh, today was beautiful. Uh, got up to like high 50s. So it's been, still been pretty cool. It's getting down into the 30s at night, which is kind of funny because um, uh, people here are not prepared for that. In Wenatchee, yeah. they would be probably wearing shorts <laughs> and tank tops. Uh, here they're wearing parkas and uh, like snow weather uh, stuff. So it's kind of funny. But no, that is funny. Weather's been pretty nice. Um, I, I um, didn't think it could get to 30 degrees in Florida. So that's interesting. So yeah, I think, uh, I think tomorrow night it's getting down to, to freezing. Uh, wow. One, one day earlier this week, there was frost panic uh, on some cars. And so, <laughs> yeah, kind of funny. Not what I expected. <laughs> well, we had a really good windstorm that came through and, uh, Blew a stuff, uh, blew a bunch of stuff around. I'm not sure if you got to hear that report from your family. So I did, I did. I heard about that. I heard it was pretty rough. It was something else. So here we are in winter time, but uh, yeah, Florida and Washington coming together. <laughs> so we for all three of our listeners, all three of our listeners now. Hey, I'm oh, feeling sorry, pretty good. <laughs> uh, and just so you know, I do listen to these afterwards. So I just kind of get a heads up. I'm, I'm still learning. Don't want to waste anybody's time or maybe we do. Um, so I thought last week, you know, we had a really good uh, conversation talking about Christian cliches. Um, again, that's got to be a part two. I know there's more that we could go on with that. I thought it was fantastic though. And so just kind of keeping it lighter in the midst of everything. So this week, uh, I asked Joey, you know, what about, what are some things that we have heard in life that uh, that we recall, that we remember? And so I was asking, what's your favorite quote? What's something that kind of sticks with you or has stuck with you? What's something that somebody has said to you and you'll just never forget it? Uh, I don't know about you. Sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm visiting with folks and they'll say, you know, I remember when you said, and I'm like, oh boy, what did I say? So sometimes there's things like that. Um, <laughs> what did I say or things that really help us, but also uh, maybe even looking into scripture um, of what's the, what's something in, in, in this Bible, this God's word, uh, this thing that we consider set apart that really helps you continue in your faith, in your day to day. I know we get punches left and right. You know, Joey, we we're just kind of talking about some of those before we got here live of things that are happening and so there's definitely when whenever we get into stuff, you know, we recall, you know, what's what are these words that help remind us that today we can make it through or things or words that were spoken to us and good or bad. But here we are beyond those days and still here, still going. Um, obviously, uh, you know, we're here. So um, just thought we'd say, hey, here are some things that kind of make us almost who we are. I think that's probably the long way around it. So 
starting out, uh, Joey, not sure, but uh, what's something in your life that uh, you go, I remember this quote or I remember this saying? Um, and we'll start with quotes. I know that we talked specifically about something that someone said to you, but what's a what's a quote that just has stuck with you and you can't let go of it? Um, one of the biggest quotes, you know, um, this is not it, but one of the, there's like two for me. One of the, one of the biggest ones for me is like the ending of Shawshank Redemption. Uh, it's my favorite movie by far. Um, but if you know, if you've seen the movie, um, it's, it's old enough. It's golly is 26 years old. That's insane wow. to me. Wow. But uh, 27 years old. This is 94. 94 was one of my favorite years for movies. But anyway, um, that should be another another topic. <laughs> right. Uh, I, we, we can talk all day actually, about 1994. We, 1994. We have talked about favorite movies. So you guys, if you're listening, you can go back and... Forrest Gump, Shawshank <laughs> Redemption, Nobody's Full. Yeah. Um, so um, anyway, I, I love the end of that movie where... Um, Red, you know, the, these two friends are going to be reunited and um, Red is on the bus and he's going down to Mexico to see his friend, Andy. Okay. So, you know, he's talking about how he, how it, it's just filled with hope. You know, he's, uh, he's saying, I hope uh, to find my friend and shake his hand. I hope uh, the Pacific is as blue as it has been in my dreams. I hope that's, you know, for me, I can tie that into religion, you know, so we go through everything that we go through in this life. And then we have hope uh, as to, uh, to be in heaven and have eternal life and see friends and family and just have a, um, a life free of worry, free of, you know, like no more tears uh, type things. And so that I love that. Um, Anytime that I would do, I used to do a lot of uh, education presentations and a lot of educational trainings. And so we would always, I'm a big icebreaker person. I love um, to hear other people's perspective. And so we would always go around the room and um, say, you know, if you have a favorite quote, I just love this. It's always fun to get a group of educators in the room and right uh, and listen to them because generally they're pretty inspiring people and um so my favorite quote is one that i would always use uh is don't let your past determine your future and i generally you know i can i would always tie that to education because um in the realm of education that i was in at the state level it was uh, adult basic ed and so it was a lot of people who for whatever reason, didn't complete high school and they're going back and, and trying to, to get their uh, their GED or their high school equivalent. And so I would always use that because um, you know, it's, it's never, I would always say, you know, it's never too late um, to start the learning process again. Learning should be a lifelong event and would always try to inspire people or encourage people uh, to, to go to school and to, to reach their potential. And so I would always use that, but I think it can also be used uh, in uh, in terms of uh, worship to, to God and to Jesus that, um, you know, I mean, all sins are forgiven. And so your past doesn't determine who you are. I mean, you can be, um, you know, I've made multiple, multiple mistakes and um, sin all the time, it's, but it, it's, um, those sins are forgiven and I know that. And so, um, your past, no matter what it is, you can still turn it around and, um, and become saved. And so I think, so for, for me, those are, those are two of the things that I always kind of go back to. I, and, you know, it's very interesting, you know, again, going back to the hope, hope is that feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Uh, and it's interesting, you know, that, that you put up kind of this, quote that you learned from educators I go back to when I was in seventh grade that uh, my uh, teacher at that time Mr. Gerber and he was Mr. Gerber was 
a Green Bay Packers nut. I mean, they're playing right now. So it's uh, I obviously am not a Green Bay Packers nut. They're playing right now. He had Green Bay everything. The 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 G, you know, like the Green Bay there. But up on the top front of his uh, uh, chalkboard, the bulletin board there, he had a sign that said, if you think you can or can't, you're right. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's that. kind of one of those, I think it comes, it's very interesting, like that, that's the quote that you came up with. And we didn't talk about this beforehand. So I think they're very similar. You know, your past, you know, don't let that determine your future. If you think you can't, or you think you can, you're right. And, you know, sometimes I I look at that and we go, man, my past is destructive. I can't do that. And then so there you find yourself, you're right. But if you think that you can live beyond your past, you can. Mm-hmm. And that really, it, you know, it's great education. It's great, you know, to be able to, to learn everybody, you know, read a book. That's sometimes what I tell people. And, uh, that one has always stuck out to me. So I felt like I've really tried to be someone who thinks that I can and, and bringing in that, you know, the, the scripture about, um, you know, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength and, and still, um, you know, Paul even talks about doing all things. Not everything is permit, uh, um, what's he say that it's, it's, uh, permissible no he doesn't say it's beneficial not everything is beneficial (laughs) you know but um on the on the lighter side in my faith i find myself saying look i believe i can do this and i move forward so uh, i really like that that's that's fantastic great um yeah so i think let's see that was you were at this uh, college event. So mine took place long ago. For me, you know, one of the other things that I kind of wanted to talk about was something that somebody has said to you that just really stuck with you. And um, one of the things kind of going back in my life, again, is back in high school. I felt like in high school, I just had a lot of struggles and uh, I wasn't a great student. And it was very difficult for me to focus. I had grown up in California. I had, um, at 13 moved to Woodby Island. So I went from a big city to sort of this small rural type place. It was a military base also. So a lot of rotation of people uh, in that space. And I just didn't fully click. There were great people who mentored me and such, but as far as academics went, I wasn't very good. And I had a fellow who was a mentor to me and really just, I think, sat with me. He, he went that extra mile with me. His name was and is Ronald Woods. Fantastic guy, motivational speaker. And uh, he's, he had a lot of quirky things that he would say that I can, I can remember, and I, I won't say that. But he made such a difference in my life. I remember uh, toward, towards the end, he was about to move away. And I knew that he had done so much in my life, I needed to somewhat repay him. So I actually, I I literally reached for my wallet and I pulled it out. A teenager, a 17-year-old with, (laughs) I didn't have a lot of money, but I just thought whatever I have in my wallet, this is what I need to give him because it's been so valuable. I know I need to pay him for this. And so I said, what do I owe you? What can I do for the difference that you've made, the time that you've taken out in my life? And he said uh, to me, and I'll never forget this, you know, someone sat with me. They reached into my life and did something exactly the same as I've done for you. And, and I, I knew I had to pay them back. And I asked just about the same question you did. And I'll tell you what they told me. And that is, do this for one more person. And that... Wow. That's awesome. I mean, that was just the, the thing. It was like, it was almost a relief. Like, wait, that's it. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little, I'm like, I think back now I'm like, I should have paid him money. Uh, it's, it's a challenge, right? It's a big challenge, but that was just, if you just do this, it was that pay it forward type idea. I know you and I, we've had other conversations about that, but just do this 
for one more person mm-hmm. in a sense, take time and invest in someone's life. I'll never forget that. I think I've tried to live that way. It's almost the thing, the statement that really shaped a lot of my identity of who I am and uh, drew me nearer to what I, you know, I think his faith, you know, watching that, being able to observe that, wanting to be a part of that story in faith as, as I got to watch him live. And again, it was like, if you want to be rich, go see rich people and do what rich people are doing. Um, if you want to make a difference, look at the people who are making a difference. And so, you know, for me, that was just so powerful. Just what you see me do, just go do that for someone else. And I'll step back. That takes a lot of, puts a pressure on you because you right. got to be doing something right, you know, that's valuable. But I think overall, uh, it was one of the, the better things that uh, I remember somebody saying to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um yeah, the, the pay it forward thing, I think it's awesome. There was, there was a story here. Um, I don't think it was in Tallahassee. I think it was somewhere in Florida, though, that someone started it this week uh, in, a, in a fast food. Um, I don't think it was Starbucks. Obviously, I wasn't paying that close of attention. But 108 people uh, participated in the pay it forward, you know, where someone went up to the window and said, hey, I'm going to pay for the person behind me. And a uh, hundred and eight people. I thought that was, that was wow. awesome. So yeah, it's it's funny that you know that people, you know, have such an impact on us, and um, you you can't, you know, a lot of times you can't pay it back, and so, but you can do do those type of things for other people, and so that's that's pretty awesome that they that they said that. Yeah, that, that's a great point. I think I, I could never pay back what I feel was done for me. You know, um, actually my son, Adam, his middle name is Ronald. I don't know if that's paying it back at all, but it, you know, kind of in memory of, of this, this person who made such a difference in my life. And I, I think that, you know, probably if, if I just paid it back, um, like I would consider it almost like an end, but paying it forward, like you said, somebody does it then again, you know, right. It's just not this exchange of goods and services. It's something that just keeps going when, when you take that challenge to just do this for someone else. Right. And, you know, so how, how are we living? Or, you know, if, if somebody spoke that to you right now, do this for someone else, whatever's being done for you, do it for someone else. Um, yeah. What difference would that make for you and for a lot of other people, obviously for the, you know, the story that you just shared. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's a great point. That's, and you know, when he said that, he, he I'm sure he knew that you were going to do it too. And so, um, him being able to sit back and see that you doing good things for other people and influencing people, I think was was probably his reward. You probably feel like you didn't pay it back, but I'm sure he did. So that was that's pretty awesome. So, um, so for me. Um, the thing that had, the thing that I guess I'll always remember, I'm going to try to get through this without crying, cried more in the past month than I think I ever have in my life. Um, not big on crying, but anyway. Um, so, you know, I, I, I have said a couple of times on the podcast, something that uh, a co-worker, a former co-worker had said about me. I'm not going to use that again because I feel like I'm bragging when I say that, but it really did have a big impact on me and I really appreciate it. Um, so when I was 15, um, went on a church trip, uh, for a weekend and, um, uh, I had a brother, my only brother was, um, was several years older than me and, uh, had struggled with substance abuse. You know, he's an alcoholic, uh, think he did. Uh, other things, uh, but I'm not sure, you know, 15, I didn't really know. So we'd kind of had a, a falling out about how he had treated my mom. And, you know, of course I took my mom's side and my dad was working nights. And so I tried to, uh, you know, kind of protect my mom from him. Um, he had a lot of, uh, a lot of anger towards her. And, 
a lot of stuff went on over a couple year period, but we had this big, I just, I'm just mad at him. Just to be honest, I was just mad at him. And I'll never forget. He called and he was, um, he was drunk and called our house and was talking to mom. uh, And then, then he asked to speak to me and we had not spoken for probably, probably two months. And um, we lived in the same uh, area. I'm just, just upset with him and how he was acting and stuff. And so I said, doctor. And uh, so uh, I got on the phone. He was saying that he loved me. And I, was, you know, I said, I loved you and I loved him. And um, I didn't say, hey, I love Jonathan Thomas. Um, <laughs> but we were, we were talking and going back and forth. And um, he said... He started getting into this thing. He's like, you know, you're my little brother. Um, but if you ever get in my way um, again, which there's there's something to that. I know what he was talking about. I'll have to hurt you and blah, blah. Hmm. Um, so it, anyway, well, what he was talking about was he'd come over and he'd gotten, him and my mom had really gotten into it. And I stepped in the middle of them and, kind of allowed my mom to get away from him. And um, so I, he was referring to that, but I think on a larger scale. Anyway, so uh, that was on a Thursday night. I, you know, we talked for about 10 minutes and then um, you know, I remember my mom, you know, what was he saying? I'm like, I think he was just rambling, you know, just like a drunk rambling. And mm, yeah, um, didn't really think anything, much else uh, about it. So uh, that Friday, fast forward and, um, go on a church trip. Uh, I think it was Friday, Friday night. We left, it might've been early Saturday morning, but we went, uh, at the time you know, we lived in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We traveled to Russellville, Arkansas, which is on the other side of the state. Uh, Jonesboro is the Northeast. Uh, Russellville is the Northwest part of the state. So it was a good, um, probably three and a half hour, four hour drive. Uh, not anymore, but back then it was. Um, so, um, so we didn't get back until late Sunday. One of the, we took two vans. One of the vans had car trouble or something, and so it was really late when we got back. And so, you know, back then before cell phones, um, like I said, this would have been nineteen. This is nineteen eighty-seven. Um, so we got back. Um, go into, it's like we, you know, the first van gets there. <clears throat> Some of the parents were already there. Um, we live pretty far outside of town. And so uh, I had to go inside the church office and actually call on a landline, uh, call my family. And they're like picked up like on the first ring. It's like 1030 at night. You know, that was an odd thing, number one. So some other kids are already, uh, getting in cars with, you know, parents and leaving and unloading like suitcases and stuff uh, from the van. Some are going in and making phone calls. So there's all this kind of chaos, uh, you know. And uh, so the uh, the funny thing is, uh, when I think about this, is really clear. It's been that long ago, but um, so I go in, call, and like my dad answers on the first ring and. He's awake, and I'm like, you know, this is late at night, this or fairly late at night, and um, so I'm like, hey, you know, I'm back. Can you come pick me up? He goes, yeah, I'm on my way, and so um, I go back out, <clears throat> and I sit. Um, one of the, one of my buddies who uh, was on the bus with me <clears throat> was sitting in the car with another parent, whose their kid was on the other van that was behind us and had car trouble. And so I get in the van and I'm kind of wired, you know, it's 1030 at night, but I'm kind of wired after that long trip and uh, they won't talk to me. They're just very quiet. So uh, I thought that was kind of odd. And then uh, we're sitting there and I'm trying to kid around with them. They're not really kidding back. And so, um, so I, so my dad gets there, uh, took, we lived like 20, 25 minutes away. And um, 
So he pulls up. I get in the car with him, and the radio's turned off. Okay, that was weird thing number two. Radio never completely turned off. Might have been turned down, but we're all big music fans in our family, and so music was always on of some sort, you know, almost. And um, so he pulls me over, uh, pulls over to the side of uh, the parking lot, and um, and uh, puts it in park. And I'm like, okay, odd thing number three. And all I had said when I got in the car, I remember saying, hey, I guess since it's so late, I don't have to go to school tomorrow, right? And he goes, no, you don't have to go to school tomorrow. And I'm like, wow, that was really easy. Mm, yeah. So um, pulls over to the side of the parking lot, like away from everybody and says, uh, puts it in park and looks at me and says, your brother's dead. And, um, and I went, I thought he was, I started laughing. I thought he was joking. I'm like, this isn't funny. He goes, he killed himself last night. And so, um, so he, I won't go into all that. That's, that's a long drawn out story, but, um, so he had killed himself. Um, they found him early Sunday morning. Um, so long story short, um, they called the house, my, one of my sisters was down from uh, Little Rock. And so they called the house and her husband had not gone to church with, with my family. And so they had called the house after they found him and said, in the meantime, they notified my brother-in-law. So he calls the church. And so basically they, um, he, he calls the church and tells them. And so they catch them before they come in and said, you need to go to your son's house. Um, something's happened. And so, you know, million things I'm sure is racing through their mind. And mm-hmm. so uh, when my mom and dad get there, they find that um, they're, they're actually um, the uh, ambulance and the police are, are there. And um, so that, so it was announced to the church. So everybody in the church knew it uh, before I did because uh, we were out of town they didn't want to. Uh, they didn't want to call and and ruin the trip, you know, for me or the kids, and it would have been, you know, a big undertaking to get me there, get me back. And so, uh, I totally, totally get that and agree that that was the right call. But um, that's something I'll always remember. Um, that how tough uh, that had to be for my dad to say that. Yeah. Right. Just that, yeah. Just the whole thing, how it played out, just uh, I can remember just vividly remember um, details and uh, and just strange things like that. So, yeah, that's that's for me. The, it's bad. It's not good. Uh, the other thing I didn't want to use because I've, I've talked about that too much. But yeah, that's just something that's always. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, and and again, it in in kind of this conversation. I feel like um, we've heard the old cliche or the, the statement sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And, you know, that's that's a lie. <laughs> you know, this is just not true. Words build us up and words, you know, can also hurt us. Words put, again, these things that happen in our lives, memories of even how we can... Um, what shape us, where we go from there, how we heal. And so it's very important, um, these words, and they come at us in so many different ways. I, I was thinking of the, the simple, you know, how, how well do we remember words? And so I started thinking about um, for this podcast, you know, we're, we're so barrage in this marketing. We could say M&Ms, they melt in your mouth, not in your what hands hands that's right and uh well, they do they well, do melt in your hands well they, they do <laughs> if you hold them too long <laughs> liars um you know there's the mcdonald's theme i think it is have it or that's burger king i don't know which one that's it burger is. King. Burger have king. it your way have it your way right also i would say is have it and um I have some deep knowledge of fast food do so you okay that's something. great well you've got the whataburger drink I, I, I saw the cup. Yeah. 
we don't have that here. But again, words, they stick into our head, these, these phrases or things like that. We have good ones. We have bad ones. They do shape us. Some, you know, they're, they're there in our lives. And with our favorite quotes and or with things that are said to us, I guess this is the one end all be all is that because of words and how shaping they are in our lives, there's God's word. And it is given to us as a beautiful letter. It's an incredible 66 books that are written. And all of these words, some of them are pretty ugly. I mean, I've been reading through Genesis and it never is pretty when you're reading in Genesis. Um, of some of the stories that go on, obviously there's some other, there are, are some good stories that go on in there, but God's word is really important. And I think it's important for us in those good times and in those bad times, it helps sustain us. It helps, you know, even at the beginning, the quote, you know, we sort of launched into these Bible verses of things that help us maybe even identify why those statements were really good. And as I think about my kids, the ones that are even listening You know, we had this question the other day. It's like, what's something that helps you remember about God and his faithfulness and, you know, his steadfastness in our lives? And we had a small little conversation around the table. You know, it was some prayer or maybe it was reading, you know, scripture or it was community, a a Christian community. But we're humans and and we can forget. And so it's good to get the word, the logos into our lives. And so um, one of the questions was, what's a word of God that in good or in bad helps us with that hope? Like you talked about in the very beginning, what are some of the words of God that really help us give footing into this next step? And uh, I'll just start, you know, with mine. It's in Isaiah I'm going to read it from the message version because I really love how Eugene Peterson crafted this. It's not too far off from some of the other translations, the English Standard Version or such. But this is the one that just really kind of, I don't know, it's helps me through and to the next moment or day of my life. And here is uh, the word. It's Isaiah 43. It's going to be one through seven, verses one through seven. Um, It's titled, When You're Between a Rock and a Hard Place. But now, God's message. The God who made you in the first place, Jacob. The one who got you started, Israel. Do not be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name. You're mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. Because I am God, your personal God, the Holy of Israel, your Savior. I paid a huge price for you, all of Egypt with rich crush and Seba thrown in. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. I'd sell off the whole world to get you back. Trade in the creation just for you. So don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'll round up all your scattered children, pull them in from the east and west. I'll send orders north and south, send them back. Return my sons from distant lands, my daughters from faraway places. I want them back, every last one who bears my name. Every man, woman, and child whom I created for my glory, yes, personally formed and made each one. That text, it's quite broad, and but it's this hope, it's this promise that even when you're between a rock and a hard place, and the stories, you know, that you shared, stories that I didn't share that, you know, I remember, uh, you know, similarly when my mom came back to our home after I had learned that my sister had been in an accident, um, I thought she just got busted by the police, you know, but my mom's like, your sister's been in an accident, and that day, I personally, I, I don't know that I realized it that day, but it was that day, my sister, who I knew, was no more. 
and who we would have is something completely different. And, you know, she's my sister, but the, the, the accident, it caused severe mental, um, you know, brain damage and, and physical damage to her for the rest of her life. And so this has been one of the verses that I look to as going, God's up to something and he will not abandon me. And he created me for his glory. And that's just beautiful to me. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah, it's funny, you know, at some point, um, you know, the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, I mean, night and day when you were talking about like Genesis and stuff. And, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to get through, um, I think it's Ecclesiastes is what I'm stuck on. <laughs> the, 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 the verses that kill me where uh, <laughs> begat so-and-so, begat so-and-so, begat so-and-so. Right. There's yeah. like four verses of 40 lines where there's all these people. I'm like, I don't know any of this. Yeah. Where do you get this? Um, my Bible verse is Luke 23. 38 through 43. And so this is Jesus uh, is being crucified, has been crucified with the two uh, thieves. Um, so I will start on um, verse 39. Actually, I'll start verse 39, so 38. Um, well, no, let me back up. Let me back up. So I kind of think this kind of sets the point. So, um, Jesus is being crucified. People are, you know, he's he's been tortured. Um, people have already hurled insults at him, made fun of him. Um, the soldiers there are making fun of him, spitting on him, everything else. Um, so then it says, I'm backing up to verse 36, sorry. Uh, the soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. Uh, they had put in a written notice excuse me, above him, which read, this is the king of the Jews, uh, which was not a good thing. They were, they were mocking him further by putting that uh, on there. Uh, verse 39, one of the criminals who hung, uh, hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today will, you will be with me in paradise. That is one of, that is um, obviously other than John 3, 16. And um, that is, that's my favorite Bible verse. Mm -hmm. I probably always will be that, um, that to me is, one of the true passages that really shows us who Jesus is. Um, other than, you know, a lot of people make fun of it because it's so short, but Jesus wept. Um, that this one is, I mean, I, I, is, is another example just like that, that this is who Jesus is. Okay. He's been tortured. He's been spat upon. He's been brutalized. Uh, I can't imagine the amount of pain. And he's almost dead. He's always right there. Um, and he's done nothing to deserve it. And um, obviously his disciples, I mean, you could argue the fact that, you know, I think we've talked about that a little bit, that were they scattered in the wind, you know, when this happened to him? Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was because they were um, – mainly because they were fearful, but I mean, there could be an argument. We could talk about that at some other point, but so he's, he's basically been abandoned. You know, he's even called out to God, you know, why have you forsaken me? And um, regardless, you know, he did this for us. He knew that was the price he was going to have to pay. Um, and, but, you know, just something else. I mean, just, um, He's just been tortured. He's gone through this whole ordeal. He's almost dead. And he still saves someone. 
you know, he even he, he did, you know, say, you know, Father, forgive them for, for they don't know what they do. Um, but he saved this one guy. Right. This guy who's a thief who even says himself he's being crucified justly. And he's going through this and um, and still has enough grace to save us. And that just, I don't know, that's who Jesus is, you know. Uh, I can't, I can't fathom that kind of love. You don't go up to someone uh, who's just been in a car wreck and say, Hey, can you sign this insurance form? I saw what happened. Um, you know, um, <laughs> we hope not. <laughs> right. And so, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just amazing. Every time I read it, it just, it gets me. So. And that's, that's yeah, that's great because again, you know, we're looking for things, especially today, that help uh, help remind us of God's faithfulness, his character, who he is. You know, words mean things. And today, you know, we can definitely see that there's a lot of words being spoken and people, they don't even back the things that they say today. We really need to look to something. I, I heard this person say, uh, it was a journalist, and they said, when I speak, I am not neutral, I am truthful. And that kind of caught me off guard a little bit, you know, because we're supposed to be balanced in a lot of different things like that. It was just, I guess, even going back to, uh, you know, in the in the 90s or early 2000s, there was this postmodern movement and there were a lot of folks that were saying, well, that might work for you, but that doesn't work for me. Whatever is true for you might not be the truth for me. And so what is truth? That was a kind of a big question uh, a few years back. It probably is even that question today. And I think we've come about where, you know, I yeah, we see that there are things that are truly hurtful to people. Words can be hurtful to people. They can also be healing and restoring. And they can, you know, like these words of God, this this letter written to us. I don't know if we call it a love letter. <laughs> I mean, it's, there's some pretty grody stuff, right, in the scriptures. And I look at these words even here, and I, I'm, I'm reading through them, and you're right, you're going through all the begats, begats, begats. You know, who's this guy? We're never going to see his name ever again. But <laughs> I also look in these words, in this story, these people's story, it's kind of messed up. If you wanted to make a dream book, you wouldn't include the stories in the Bible. But these stories, then when matched with God's word, uh, when he speaks and he says, uh, don't be afraid, I'm with you. You know, I, I love you so much, I'd sell off all of the creation, right? Yeah. And that's what he did at the cross for this guy. I, yeah. I love you so much. I'm hanging here on the cross. And I will still, you know, I'd sell off my, my body, my brokenness here for you. Yeah. I love you that much. And I will still uh, look up to you and say, today you'll be in paradise. I mean, right. that those are good words. It is the word of God. It's powerful. It's strong. And uh, we definitely need some of that truth uh, in the world that we live in today. Yeah. I mean, you know, and he could have... <clears throat> He could have easily said, you know, you missed, you know, if you would have come to me a day before, um, you know, but he didn't. I mean, that, that's that's the amazing thing to me is that um, he, he didn't shun. He's I, I, I believe that um, that God and Jesus both truly rejoice when there's someone new that comes to them. And um, I think that's just a prime example of it. I just, I love it. I love that um, analogy. And, and yeah, you, what you said right there too, it's like he could have just said, sorry, you're too late. Shame on you. Um, again, in the tension of the world that we live in today, everybody, if they've got a microphone, right, they've got a voice, you know, mm -hmm. listen to me. And I, I've heard in our political tensions, you know, man, if somebody does something 
literally they are shamed publicly oh, on, yeah. on the on television or on, you know over the microphone and they're like shame on you shame on you shame on you and yeah. golly we <laughs> golly beef we live in a world that's changed a bit <laughs> interesting town <laughs> yeah. um where there is that condemnation and yet you know we see this story of Christ and his love for mankind, you know, the God's word literally is a lamp to our feet uh, and a light to our path. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think words are important. I think that it's important that we're reading books. I think it's important that, you know, we get to be around people who are speaking good words into our lives. We hope that the ground beneath grace is something that is a good word for the three beautiful ladies who listen to this. I know there's more, more, one more. I, I do have one more thing to add that you, Oh yes. We close out. Okay. Uh, this I, was the, uh, advice someone has given you. Okay. Do you okay. remember? Yeah. You it, you, oh, oh, you, oh, oh, the advice that someone's given us. I got to look uh, at my notes. Okay. You start. I, I've got, I've got mine. And okay, this go. This is something that uh, my mom uses quite a bit. I haven't heard it in a while, but uh, it's totally true. Uh, I think uh, you get more flies with uh, honey than you do vinegar. It's kind of ironic just talking about Jesus being crucified and he was offered vinegar to drink, um, wine vinegar, but anyway. Um, so, yeah, I think in how you treat people, um, you, know, you kind of set a standard, I guess, in a way. Um, but but I truly do believe that, you know, if you get um, just in everyday life, you know, even if you, um, people, if you think they don't deserve it, even if you're nice to them, you know, that's, um, it's just the right thing to do, I think. But I, yeah, I've, I'll always remember that. She's, she is that me with me growing up. Um, still uses it, but uh, but yeah, I truly think that that's uh, important for us to remember. It, it is something I think we should live by. You get more flies with honey than you. Well, I guess that's bring. I like. Do you want more flies? What we? <laughs> flies could be anything. Flies could be people. Okay. Uh, flies could be lots of things, but yeah. I gotcha. No, that's that's great. Um, I think I don't, it wasn't that I was really close to this person. Actually, they were a speaker in a seminar that I went to and I, I heard it and it's, it's advice. And I don't know, it, it might not be that good, but his, uh, it is, his statement was, he's like, I want my last words to be this, you know, I'm lying on bed and people are like, what are your last words? And just kind of caught my attention. His, he thought uh, his name was David Nasser. He was a uh, he's a, a speaker from Iran, travels around the world, very popular. Um, but he said, "On my deathbed, when I'm dying, I want my last words to be, don't jack with God." You know, <laughs> and uh, uh, I'm like, wait, wait, uh, yeah, something about it. I can't let that go. It's just like, yeah don't jack with God. And, uh, that's been something it's good advice for me. Um, this is one of those things where you're taking advantage of, I think as a father, you know, fathers are gracious, they're good, but don't jack with me. Cause you're messing with the wrong person here because I love you. And I'm not going to let you get away with garbage. That's kind of how I interpreted that. So, um, don't jack with God. That would be <laughs> a piece of you were going to say that. He was that his dying words were the money is buried at the. <laughs> yeah, those will be my last famous last <laughs> words. My kids will know that I'm lying though because they're like yeah. you never had any money, so <laughs> they'd be like, "Yeah, it's no more than seventeen dollars. It's fine." <laughs> That's what I would say. So yeah, we'll just let it go. It's fine. Right, right. Well, I'm um, responsible for the. <laughs> don't forget to turn off the. <laughs> Um, yeah, one of the, uh, things again, it's just getting, getting out, getting things in your life, doing something new, 
um, you know, engaging with people. Words are powerful. And, you know, when we close ourselves off to those things, you know, we might think that maybe we're sparing ourselves from certain things. But, uh, you know, in closing, one of the scriptures, or not scriptures, you might think that C.S. Lewis is a scripture. I was looking at my scripture of Isaiah 43, 1 through 7. That's not it. Um, it, it is a quote from C.S. Lewis out of his book, The Screwtape Letters. And again, this is this demon senior uncle talking to his nephew on how to tempt, you know, the patient, which would be the person, you know, out there. And so this conversation, it's one-sided. We don't get what the nephew's saying, but we do get what the uncle's advice is. So you kind of lean in, you go, oh, this is what the questions were. Or this is what he's struggling with. But in this letter of Screwtape, Uncle Screwtape writes to his nephew and he says this. It's funny how mortals always picture us putting things into their minds. In reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. And so with that, uh, if you find yourself out of memory, (laughs) out of thought, uh, I think there's an enemy is trying to keep us from conversations with one another, picking up the phone call and sharing definitely in God's word as we look to that. Um, another one of those st- sayings that I remember, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. I don't know who said that, but I remember hearing it one time long ago. And so we just hope that whatever words that are coming near to you, they might be great like Joey, they might be one of the hardest things and, and life-changing, like a, a, a point in your life. You'll never forget that. But nevertheless, God is the Word. And that Word became flesh and made dwelling amongst us. And that is there where the, the beauty of grace uh, shines best. Well, Joey, uh, fantastic. Thanks for taking the time out again. Can't wait till a few months when we get to actually sit together again, but we'll do this again next week. Yep. Okay. Thanks everybody for showing up and we hope you have a great day. Thanks everyone.